it's a fitting song, beautiful people, because I have a beautiful person in studio with me this morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for it. <laughs> Lovely to see you. It's been and long. You. Oh, mine. I tell you, honestly, I, I couldn't be any other place today. Aww. It's lovely to hang with you. Awesome, awesome. Great to have you here. Esther Pasaris, welcome. Thank you. But before I even go further, I want to just, uh, you know, say condolences to everyone on the passing of Chris Kirubi. I know it's been a long time, but we still remember him and all the contribution he made to this country. And um, yeah, Absolutely. may his soul rest in peace. Yes, thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. It has been hard for us, but we continue burning the fire here at Capital FM. And of course, it always uh, makes sense when we have big guests like yourself in studio with us I am, uh, I am, like this morning. I am, a, I am humble and I, <laughs> you know, I don't know about big. Um, I'm a child of God just like you are, just yep. like anybody else is. Yep. So we are all children of God and position doesn't make us anything. It just gives us an opportunity to work and serve people. Awesome. And we're going to get into that in just a little while because I know you have a, a dream for Kenya. I know that the Kenya you want to see and you're part and parcel of creating that. Uh, but before we do all of that, what have you been up to? What's happening? We've got 20 six odd days left until the big day um how busy are you what's happening are you out there getting your campaign going what's what's going on well i mean i lost my father in january oh, I'm so, so sorry. yeah on the 21st that. of january so it's six months this month so it's trying to balance um uh, you know the morning the loss the family because now i'm like the head of the family and uh you know i've got two adult children one in university one who's uh, married and um, yeah, so I scoot actually. I went out of the country about two weeks ago. <laughs> My daughter got uh, married okay. uh, in Abidjan and oh, wow. uh, we're going to have the Kenyan wedding in December. Nice. But we went for the traditional wedding in Abidjan about two weeks ago. So, you know, life goes on. This is this is the thing about life. So this morning before I got here, we went, we had a meeting. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Watch was uh, meeting the Luya Nation. So from his constituency, Madare, and uh, I just nipped on there for the meeting. You know, we're asking for votes. We're trying to sell Baba and his manifesto. Of course, one would say you don't need to sell Baba, but we've got a young generation that really doesn't uh, relate to the sacrifices that uh, have been made historically. Mm -hmm. But it's our history that defines our future, you know, or shapes our future. So we have to continuously engage and tell people about uh, Baba and his dreams for Kenya. And now, of course, we've got Martha as well. And uh, every single day, we thank God that Baba chose uh, Martha because uh, I think it gives Kenya the direction that we need. And that's why I, I can see that even His Excellency uh, Uhuru Kenyatta is, is actually saying, look, I'm a voter too. And mm-hmm. this is this is the person that I entrust, I would like to entrust the country. But of course, he, he recognizes that we'll make, we'll make that choice. But uh, he's giving direction because we need a Baba presidency. Uh, everything good in this country we can tie it back to him mm-hmm. and the future is brighter and safer in Baba's hands. Now, you mentioned that the young people may not know the sacrifices that uh, Ryla has made over the years uh, to get us to where we are. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, if you read popular news and blogs and things like that, they're saying the younger generation is 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 leaning towards William Ruto. Do you think that's part of the reason is that they don't understand the history? No. You see, the thing is, we're in a, we, we've just come out of a pandemic. A pandemic is, is, I mean, the last pandemic was over 100 years ago, you know, uh, the Spanish flu. Um, what A pandemic that actually slowed down the whole world, right? And people are suffering. And some of the suffering that we have, we have also not planned our, ourselves properly, you know. So our failure to plan is planning to fail. And, you know, I I talk and advocate for family planning everywhere I go. And I try and educate people because... 
a nation has to plan its its population and its re- to match its resources. Of course, we've had the big elephant in the room, which is corruption. Now, when I say they don't understand the sacrifices and the gains that we've made as a country because of Raila's leadership, one of the things is multi-party democracy. The fact that they can go out and choose their leader. Mm-hmm. That was Baba. Baba fought for multi-party democracy. Baba fought for freedom of speech. The way we have social media today, if it wasn't for Baba fighting for freedom of speech, everybody would be locked up every time they e- say something. Even what we do. Exactly. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can speak and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then when we look at infrastructure, Baba's called Tinga. You know, all these highways that we're doing are opening the paths. I mean, it was really shameful to see um, uh, D.P. Ruto saying that we can't eat infrastructure, roads, you know. Mm-hmm. But you need the roads to be able to eat. Because if you can't get the food to the people, how are you going to be able to feed them? If you can't get their produce out so that you can s- export it to different parts of the country or outside to earn foreign exchange so that we can develop our country, medical, etc., you need infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So Baba was infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Him and Kibaki came up with free primary education. Why free primary education? Because we needed to get all our children into schools, right? And now he's talking about education free all the way to university. People say, oh, how is he going to pay for that? He's talking about a social fund like you have in Europe. You know, how is he going to pay for that? If he tightens the loopholes on corruption. And I think when Baba was thinking of his running mate, he was thinking of who can make sure that we can deal with this animal called corruption. Mm-hmm. And he chose right. And this was in the papers this morning with Uhuru coming out and saying that uh, Martha will jail crooks and thieves. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, you see it happening all over the world. I don't see why we are empathetic to leaders who have stolen. But you know, I actually once had a conversation with someone and I said, look, you, everybody knows that this leader has stolen. All right. And why do you like him? He says, Esther, you look at that leader as a thief, but we look at that leader as a hero. I said, what do you mean? Oh, he comes and pays for our funerals. He builds our schools. He builds our churches. He gives us money when we go in for his meetings. So as far as we're concerned, you know, he he's corrupt for you, but he brings us resources. I want Kenyans to understand that the resource that you're getting, that little handout of a thousand shillings when you attend a town hall meeting or 500 shillings or that church that was built with maybe five or 10 million shillings, that money, you know, somebody said to me the other day, I was speaking to a preacher and he says, when we receive donations in the house of God, we, we, we bless it and we receive it. So we've cleansed it. And I said, look, come on. You can't fool God. If you know... If it's stolen money, yeah, it's If stolen you know money. that that money was stolen and that money caused pain and suffering mm. to so many Kenyans, you should shun away from it. God doesn't want his house built with stolen money mm-hmm. that has caused a person to die because there was no medicine, a person to die because the road was not built properly, a person to die because there was no food. You know, so God, God doesn't want that. And you know, I, somebody sent me a clip of a, of a pastor who who actually five, six months ago said that, you know, God is bringing us a woman to be a deputy president. And when I saw this clip a few months ago, I was like, okay. At that time, there was talk of, uh, you know, uh, both sides choosing a woman, you know. And, you know, we were like, okay, let's see. And now we can see the hand of God. And, you know, when you want to see the hand of God, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. You're trying to fix it and the pieces seem to fall into place. Then you know that you're on the right track. But we have, okay, and and we're going to talk less about the big election and more about you in a few minutes, but a couple more questions about the big election. There's obviously every five years we get the same rhetoric about I'm going to end corruption. What makes this different? Because, you see, um, I'll tell you one thing. Baba has never been at the head. 
And Uhuru Kenyatta did try and he said this is a difficult animal. He confirmed it. And, he, you know, he, yesterday when he was talking as he was giving out the title deeds, he celebrated as the president who gave out the most title deeds, more than all the three presidents before him. So people have got ownership of their country. But he said, look, I have done it up to a certain point. I might not have done everything, but I've done my big thing. All right. Somebody else will take over, and I pray that that man who takes over is Raila. He will do his thing. He might not do everything, and then the next person will take up. Even the UK today has it has its issues. America has its Absolutely. issues. All the world has issues. This is not new to Kenya. So let us love our country, and let us celebrate our gains, and let us work together, because the problems that we have in this country are also part of us. Because sometimes we don't come out to vote. Mm. Sometimes we don't register to vote. Sometimes we don't we don't push other people to vote. You know, some you know, I met a lady yesterday in Wiki, and I was talking to her, and she said, you know, uh, I said, she says, oh, ask me only for your vote. Don't ask me for Baba because he has to come here and ask me. I looked at her <laughs> and I said to her, I said, look, Baba's asking you for his vote every single day. Right. He's been asking for your vote over the last five years. Now your people are also also telling you vote for Baba. So. Don't expect Baba to come to your household, but listen to Baba when he talks. Listen to Martha when she talks and let us make a decisive decision. Okay, we'll play the devil's advocate here. One last question about uh, the the politics of the presidential uh, election. Um, Many people are also saying that this is a marriage of convenience between Uhuru and Raila and that this is just something that has to happen so that Uhuru can retire in peace. What what would be your response to that? Okay, let me tell you something. I have not heard Baba say to Uhuru, I will protect you and your family. I have heard Ruto say to Uhuru, I will protect you and your family. Right. Uhuru, if he needs protection, and if Ruto is offering that protection, then we have a problem there. I see. Because I think Ruto is more uh, is trying more to tell Uhuru, don't worry, if you've right. done anything wrong in the past, I will protect you. Have you ever heard Baba saying to Uhuru, nope. I will protect you? Baba is going to get into that place and do his job. Right. If Uhuru has done something wrong, Baba will deal with it. But uh, Baba is not offering Uhuru any kind of, uh, you know, on the one hand, and they're saying, oh, Baba is trying to create uh, a continuity. They call, they call this new ca- buzzword called state capture. State capture. And deep I mean, state. They love deep the state. Deep, deep state. state. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. let me tell you. Let me tell you. The person who's got state capture right now is Ruto. He's in government. And right. he's campaigning. You know, he doesn't. You know, they, you know, they used to say, they used to be this saying, a monkey doesn't see its own ass. You yeah, know, yeah. it laughs and says, oh, your ass is blue. Your ass is blue. And it doesn't realize its own ass is blue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here is, here is, here is Ruto. Right. In government. So he's got state capture. Yeah. Right. And he's campaigning to be president of Kenya and he's using state machinery, including the the house that he's been given and paid for by tax taxpayers to have all his meetings. And then he's talking about state capture. He's captured the state. And, and he's been there 10 years. Baba hasn't been there right, 10 years. Right. So if anyone has state capture, it's Ruto. But you see, Baba used to tell us uh, when a thief is running and he's running and he's running and you're chasing him. And then he sees that he's being chased. He will somehow get a high speed, stop somewhere. And then he'll say, wheezy, 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 pointing his finger ahead. And you're now you're chasing the wrong person. Yeah. And him is standing there and he's walking backwards. Yeah. So be very careful, Kenyans. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not saying this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got Kota Kikuyu blood. I'm half Dutch and um, half Greek. And I, 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 I am with Baba because when I had Adopt-A-Light being fought, the only person who made sense 
to me was Baba. He's the only one who wanted to fight corruption. Kibaki recognized me and gave me order of the Grand Warrior, mm -hmm. OGW behind my name, mm -hmm. for lighting up Nairobi. But the corruption in that city still threw me out. Till today, my case has not been heard. So all I want you to know is that if there's anyone who has his heart in the right place and wants to deliver Kenya, Baba is, you know, when you're, when you're driven by a dream and a vision, Baba's dream and vision is why is Malaysia ahead of us? Mm -hmm. Why is Singapore ahead of us? Why is South Korea ahead of us? Why were in the same place? Nairobi County used to lend African governments money. Why is it in a hole right now? Why does why does it owe eighty billion to on pending bills? Let me tell you, I I cannot see any other way to get out of that hole than with Ryla, Martha, and the people that they will elect, and I'm saying elect the Azimio family. You've got five years and you, you you will start seeing Baba and feeling Baba within 100 days. I love that. 100 days, that's always the uh, the benchmark we go with. When we come back, of course, we're going to talk a little about you because you've turned so many, so many uh, I would say, negatives in your life, like a Dr. Light, into positives and where you are now. And of course, your role uh, in this new government that will be elected uh, on the 9th of August. Stick around. We have Esther Pissaris. If you have any questions, get them in now. You can tweet me, 984 in the morning, hashtag drive in. Or send me a WhatsApp on 0701-984-984. All right, getting right back into our conversation with the Honorable Esther Pasaris and Yunia, who's staying yeah. in studio with us this morning <laughs> as they discuss uh, beautiful hair. Both ladies have beautiful hair. Uh, but you. it's so nice to have you uh, in, in studio with us this morning, uh, Honorable Esther Pasaris. Let's talk a little bit before, before we... We'll, we'll shift back to major politics in just a few minutes as well. But let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you had a, a, a very uh, tumultuous time trying to create a public-private partnership within Nairobi with Adopt a Light. Um, you were, you know, almost front page of news for a very long time, um, long before social media reared its ugly head because it would have been a much bigger story had it been social media. And we're going to talk about your relationship with social media as well in a few <laughs> minutes. But what has that taught you? Um, because, I mean, I feel a lot of people would have said, I, I'm, I'm finished, I can't do this anymore. Do you know, um, I, I, you know I, I think God sets your path. So I'm a social entrepreneur. That was coined for me when I first started working with deaf people in sharper images. And that business went down because of corruption, the Eldorit Airport, imports coming in cheaper than we could produce locally. I was the first manufacturer of um, uh, promotion materials for the Coca-Cola company, employing deaf people. I still have quite a few of them working for me. Then I came up with the Dr. Light. And another thing that I also did was Be Seen, Be Safe, which was bringing the first reflectors for the police. The mm. first reflector jackets were brought by Gosh, me by, for the police. You've there's done so, so much. There's so much opportunity. <laughs> but Adopt a Light was a public-private partnership. But there were no structures. Now we have a body that does, deals with public-private partnerships. We've recently passed uh, the laws in both the National Assembly and the, and the, county, uh, and the Senate. So there are structures now on how to partner. I've never obviously concluded my case. Um, my competitor was the one who really drove the case in the negative. There was a lot of corruption. The counties can make a lot of money from advertising. They're not making it. I really hope uh, uh, the incoming governor will deal with that because the the county is the, the government that deals with the most vulnerable citizens in, in, in its county. So if you're going to allow cartels to continue making the money they're making, you'll never be able to provide the service. In 2007, I ran for mayor of Nairobi. In 2027, I hope 
hope, uh, God willing, if uh, I don't see drastic change over the next five years, to literally go for the governor's seat. Right. Because I feel it'll be 20 years since I, I, I tried to become the mayor of Nairobi. And if I can work with Igade right now and, uh, and actually put in what we need to do to improve the affirmative action that we need on the grassroots, water, garbage, um, housing, proper early learning centers, medical facilities, because it's devolved. You know, you go to a medical center and they say they don't have medicine, you know. So there's so much that we can do and we can learn from the private sector. I mean, on tomorrow I'm having a um, a, a medical camp in a, in a hospital in Langata. And the whole idea is to look at how private sector religiously ran institutions are managing to give medicine and consultation at 300 shillings and we can't do it in our, in our, in our institutions. So that's something that I want to see tomorrow and see how it works. But many people would be asking why you didn't run for governor this time. Well, I didn't run for government at this. <laughs> it, was a, it was a decision that I made. One, you can't just run to run. You know, everybody was telling me, oh, go for an MP. I am doing two projects on SGBV. Nairobi doesn't have a government-owned safe house. It took me three to four years to get land from the Nairobi County. I got a parcel of land. I got 90 million shillings put together between NMS, myself, and Nairobi County, myself meaning GAF, National Government Affirmative Action Fund. We are going to build the first state-owned safe house. We're putting 17 containers in, uh, in, in police stations, which I'm going to be launching in the next one week. These containers are basically... If you've been abused or violated over the over the weekend and you need to go to a police station, you don't end up sleeping in the cells because there is no place. So we'll be launching these. Wow. They're two bedrooms, uh, two bedroom, forty foot containers with a reception area, with showers and toilets, with cabinets, everything ready under GAF. So for me, you know, these are projects that I hadn't completed, and I think in one one term is not enough to to be felt and to also feel your job. So I felt I needed a second term as woman representative to finish the projects that I've started so that I have my legacy project there and then at the end of it all, uh, you know, eventually decide whether I just want to run with my foundation and do good or I want to go into uh, elective politics. Right. I mean, I'm going to be 60 in two years. You know? No way. Can you imagine? I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I wow. know. You look, yeah, very, very. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, now, um, how would you rate your first uh, your first five years? Uh, it's been OK. I want to I want to tell Kenyans, uh, the ones who are listening to me, MPs. Presidents, senators, governors, MCAs are human beings. They have issues themselves in their families. I mean, in this last five years, first of all, I want to talk about what I had to deal with and then look at also what I had to serve. All right. What I had to deal with immediately after the elections, my my spine collapsed. So. Within two years, I had to go for spinal surgery. Mm. I could not walk. I could not sit. I could not sleep. I was in so much pain. All right. So why did my, my, my disc shoot out of my its socket? Because when we go for campaigns and we're going in these cars and we're sitting on the top of the sunroof, we're going bang, 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 the back. So too much pressure, the banging on the back, you right. know. And then you're, you're ducking down. Of course, we were ducking bullets at that time, you know. <laughs> so we were ducking down. And then I dealt with, I, I went through depression. I dealt with uh, 97 dead bodies in 2017. We buried 97 people from Nairobi. I saw those bodies away. So I could not cry. Even till today, I cannot cry, you know, because I've seen so much pain and suffering that it's shut me down. So I'm going through a healing process to get rid of those layers of pain. You know, sometimes I, I, I sit somewhere and I think I want to cry and I can't. So the only thing that helps me cry is stillness. And that's why, you know, don't take for granted that be still and know that I'm God. Because in meditation, right, you find God. You find 
peace. Incredible. And then that's when I start shedding tears. So, so for me, I dealt with my spinal issues. I dealt with my mother going through stage three cancer. I dealt with my husband uh, having medical challenges. I dealt with my father ill and then his passing. And then, of course, my daughter getting married, engaged. And, you know, you can't tell her, oh, sorry, put it on hold because I'm busy. My son, you know, uh, missing university because of the pandemic. And then now he's at USIU and uh, he's starting his own businesses. So I looked at my whole family structure and I thought to myself, do I really want at this point in time when I need to shape my daughter and my son, look after my mother and at the time my father to run for governor? Will I be able to give governor 100 or 200% of me? I couldn't. I couldn't see that. So when you know you, your limitations, at that time I thought, what is more important? My family. I needed to make a balance between my family and take a more manageable job. And woman representative, I needed to complete my projects. And I was understanding this job. Let me tell you, you don't get a manual. You, when you're going for this job, you don't really understand it. When you get to parliament, you learn a lot. You travel a lot. You get trained a lot. So I think now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And I suggest that everybody stay two terms and at least be able to understand that job. Don't be in a hurry to try and get a higher position or higher budget because a lot of women reps want to run straight away to MP because we get six million per constituency right in affirmative action but an MP gets 140 million but I wasn't looking at getting 140 million I was quite happy having my six million and maximizing on my six million I've had lots of good partnerships lots of embassies lots of private sector helping me out you know and uh, now I've formed a foundation under my father's name which I hope to launch in the next one month and then I try and see what else I can do but one thing I have to tell you Farid if we want to solve the problems of our country we have to take charge and be part and part and parcel of that change. We can't expect that because we're electing Raila, Raila is going to give us all the solutions. If he puts structures in place, we have got to adhere to those structures. We've got to respect those structures. We've got to want to do the right thing. Corruption takes two to tango. So Raila might want to do the right thing, but if we as a nation mm -hmm. do not want to change, he's presenting himself for presidency. <coughs> if we don't vote for him, tomorrow we will cry tears of sadness. But if we vote for Raila, there'll be tears of joy. And and again, are we looking at finally having a either way it goes? Let's mm. let's just assume whatever way, Ruto, Raila, whichever way, finally having a strong opposition because we haven't had one for so long. Well, you see, the thing is, I mean, uh, when we were looking for the BBI, and of course, uh, the DP and his and his team were against it, right? The DP would have been right now in government if we had passed the DP, uh, the uh, the BBI, all right? He would have been a strong opposition leader in government. That's what Raila wanted. He wanted strong oppositions, all right? People have always looked at Raila, and people love opposition, all right? They love to see that fight and that tug of Absolutely. Okay? So the tug of war. But the thing is, right now, it's time to put the kingpin in opposition politics into government to now do the right thing. All right. And he will continue. You can see in his, in his manifesto, he wants continuity. He wants to continue everything good that Uhuru did. All right. He doesn't want to disrupt the system. He wants to continue what good Uhuru did and enhance the structures that are there. Because government continues living beyond you. Even I did Shebesh's projects. I found two or three projects that Shebesh had started. And I, I called her. She told me what, she, what her vision was and I implemented. You see, government, and that's why we had a lot of uh, 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 stalled projects. Because a new MP comes in, the school was being built by his other MP, the, uh, his predecessor, he decides he doesn't want to build it. So you need a whole budget to build these uh, stalled projects. So for me, let me tell you what uh, the danger. If you look at Tanga Tanga, nobody in Tanga Tanga is worried if Raila becomes president. 
because they know Raila is not a vindictive kind of person. He's not vengeful. He's not going to hurt anyone or harm anyone or make you know that you wronged him. All right? But I am telling you that us in Azimio are bloody worried because we know that we will never be able to function. And I would like to be able to function to support my people. Mm -hmm. And I don't see myself being able to function under a Ruto presidency because he doesn't show. Baba talks of Azimio. Ruto talks of division, division, division. It's so much hate and venom. It's, it's sad because when you want to be the president, I mean, the way he talks to Uhuru. Come on, you want to be the president, you want to be respected. How do you ridicule Uhuru, my friend, my friend, you know? And then on top of it, you're telling him off and you're calling him my friend. I'm, I, I worry because there's decorum that has to be there with human civility. You can't call somebody my friend and at the same time you're laughing about the fact that you wanted to slap him. You think it's a joke? That's not something to laugh mm, about. Mm. And then now you're saying that don't talk about the slap all the time. But the fact is... You, 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 this is a grown-up man. He's the president of the Republic of Kenya. He is saying, I want peace for this country, even if it means giving up this seat. And your thoughts are to slap him and you boast about it? We do need peace for this country. We're going to come back. Thanks for that. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about you. And, of course, uh, there's uh, your. I'm still going to get into your relationship with social media because it's been tumultuous over the last few years. Most recently, a Photoshopped picture. <laughs> Photoshopped? Which one? Okay, I'll, I'll share it with you just now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's been a few. But I'll share that with you. Uh, but uh, we are uh, chatting with Esther Pasaris. If you have questions, get them in now. And when we come back, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about Esther Pasaris's dream. And, again, an advocate for women and young girls as well uh, and that is so vitally important I know you've already touched on it with safe houses and things like that we're going to talk more about that when we come back Capital FM. Now let's talk a little bit with uh, Honorable Esther Pasaras um, a little bit about uh, you, you, you again you know your, your focus has always been young girls and women or part of your a big part of your focus um, what more needs to happen to make this? I mean, today in the papers, I'm reading that uh, 15 women per day in Nairobi are raped. They've had 5,000 um, rape cases since uh, in the last uh, year, 12 months, July to July, July to July. Uh, what more needs to be done? Um, first of all, I mean, we've got a collapse in our in our social structures and our social fabric. We've got a lot of uh, women who are raising their children as single moms. And with very little support. And that's why one of Baba's agendas is single mothers. He's recognized single mothers and widows. Uh, of course, we've had the pandemic. We've got a lot of other illnesses that are uh, taking, uh, you know, accidents, road carnage, etc., uh, that are taking, uh, uh, making a lot of widows. Or even fathers without uh, wives, maybe losing their, their wives. And children are growing in not a structured uh, family setup. And then the slums are not conducive to raising children. Right. So we really need to do away with slums. And if you look, one of the things that I say Baba has done is if you're looking at slum upgrading, the only slum upgrading that ever happened is in Kibra because Baba saw the need to have proper housing structures. So um, we do have a problem and we've got to address drugs, alcohol abuse, depression. All right. We've got to address um, crime. You know, a lot of young people have got engaged in crime uh, and not because they wanted to, because it was a survival tactic. And then they ended up in cells, probably had a nasty experience there, came out or are dashing bullets every day from the police. We we have a social fabric 
problem. We've eroded our social values, our social structures, and that's why I like Martha. I like Martha because Martha is going to bring all those structures and values that we are lacking, and you hear it in her speeches. So that's why I said I needed to be here to finish my uh, my safe houses because we do have rape. Before we actually get to zero rape, we need to have some safe house for them. A lot of the houses that we have and the shelters that we have for abused women and children are run by uh, people who themselves survivors of GBV, and it shouldn't be that way. We also need to provide money for some of these structures, whether it's an orphanage, whether it's an all people's home, whether it's a uh, persons with living with disability home, or whether it's a safe house or a halfway home. You know, I've been to Madare uh, Mental Hospital, and there are some families that don't want to collect their family members who they've taken to Madare, even though they are better. Why? Because they say that look, when they are at our place and they're going through their mental challenges, they actually make life very difficult for us or you know so they leave them uh, there without taking them and you know when you book somebody with mental challenges you have to go and collect them so we need halfway homes these are structures we don't have to invent the wheel these are things that have happened in the west that we also need to emulate and come up with our own but we need to implement the psychology and counselors act that was passed in 2014 i've been engaging the ministry of uh, uh, health right uh, the ps so we can implement it put a budget to it so that in every school in every institution we have psychologists and counselors talking to people because with depression you need to talk and you need to be medicated if necessary so that you can deal with your depression. Farid, you and I too have probably gone through depression and we've been able to deal with it or maybe not deal with it. So it's real and it's more real where there's hardship and there's a lot of hardship where the majority of our citizens live which is in the informal settlements. And, and this is what makes it difficult, right? Because the majority of the, the, the people affected in these areas you know, ten year, is 10 years really enough you know another 10 years is it really enough for this to change or is as you said about corruption is this just part of the process that needs to happen for us to get to that point we we have a you know we have a lot of things that we need to do as a country but it also starts with us you know i i i I tell people that you know when life is already hard and it's beating you down you've got three children and you can't afford to take them to school and you're not able to access bursary because bursary is limited okay baba's going to give free education but you'll st- Ma- linda mama was also giving you an ob- opportunity to have your baby without paying but at the end of the day that doesn't mean you have a baby every year you have to get on a family planning program mm-hmm. so that you actually can have one child or two children and you'll be able to look after them farid i have two children by choice i could have had four or five but I had two children because I decided I want two children so I can look after them and give them the best. I struggle even with the two children yep. and what they want. So when you are, you know, when you when you're my employee and you're having seven children because of tradition and customs, or my husband, my lawyer husband wants a son, and this lawyer husband of yours that wants a son has two other wives, right? So you're having seven children to give him a son. He has one little plot of land, which you're all fighting for because you want a son. Yeah. And then you're all, you, none of your children finish school. So you, you get trapped into poverty. You know, so let us, the church, the church has to also understand that God was the biggest family planner of them all. God put a, a period in a woman's cycle where she cannot get pregnant. All right. 14 days after your menstruation, up to the, the next seven days, if you have sex during that period, you don't get pregnant. But the problem is, our African men will not understand that, hey, I can only have sex on these days and not these days. All right. So if it's if it's breakfast every day, you will have to get into a family planning. 
all right, so that you can actually plan your family. You know, I saw this woman in Kilifi. All right, Kilifi has the highest teenage pregnancies. It also has a lot of defilement and rape. All right, and we're having the two hundred thousand children during the pandemic were pregnant. These are children; they should mm, not be getting this. pregnant. Yeah. And then our laws say they cannot be they, they cannot have abortions, but they can die on the theater table trying to deliver a child when they're, they're still children. So this woman in Kilifi had eleven children. My when goodness. the family planners reached her, you know what she said? She said, "Listen, if I had known that there were options for me not to have these eleven children, I would have had maybe two or three. I would have put them through proper schooling. I, I would not have to deal with the situation where some of my children are in jail. Some of them have died from crime. None of them have finished school. They've all started giving birth and they're all in abject poverty. I'm dealing with a family right now that every time I put them in a house, the landlord doesn't want them. Why? Because it looks like a nursery school when you go into that home. For eight children, all of them with four or five children. It's, for it, it's insane. Right. Kibaki, when Kibaki became president, even though he was a Catholic, he said family planning is important because we have limited resources. Tom Boyer, when he was asked after we became independent, he was interviewed by BBC. It's on, it's on YouTube. What are your plans for Kenya? At that time in the 60s, he was talking about family planning. Why? Because you have to plan your resources, your family according to your resources. So I'm telling Kenyans out there, you know, those days where you had 13 children because you needed people to toil your land. You're in the city. You know, you can't put 10 children in a little Mabati hut. Yep. So let's have one or two children, give them the best, and also prepare for your own retirement, prepare to look after your family. Right. And I'm an advocate for family planning. I'm an advocate for being able to stand independently. Right now, we are in a dependency state. We need to move from dependency to interdependent, from interdependent to independence, where you are standing on your own and contributing to your government, not your government contributing to you, because the government has made everything conducive for you to work and to attain your dreams. Okay, now as we that's incredible. As we wind down, let's talk a little bit about the final thing I want to talk to you about your your relationship with social media. Recently, uh, a photo, a very poorly photoshopped photo, by the way, of you and Mike Sonko sharing a very tender moment in bed. Obviously, it was a, a, a fake. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it was a fake. Uh, but but you've had this tumultuous relationship with social media, but you've never shied away from it. Even when you know people KOT as they're known as Kenyans on Twitter were hammering you, you still were front and center on social media. How important is that for for what you're doing now? Okay, first of all, you know, uh, I think it's it's that platform uh sometimes it can get annoying all right okay so that particular picture and i want to thanks kenyan <laughs> get, thanks thank kenyans on, uh, on on twitter because what happened when i saw that picture and i was like my goodness i've never been to bed in the, with this guy so what the <laughs> shit is all this crap about so i uh, uh, you know when you know yourself all right you, and you know that's that def- definitely not, not me but you know it was it was in bad taste uh, so what i did is i offered a 10000 shilling reward for anyone and immediately they found the original picture so that was fun i also had a picture i remember in the last election i was wearing a don uh, a donna karan dress and it was a two sheer dress okay when they see rehana dressing up in all these nudie stuff they all love it. Huh? They like it a hundred times, Beyonce, etc. But when they see the, me, for instance, wearing a sheer dress and then they saw my thigh, you know, they were like, okay, a very transparent leader. You know, I mean... And then I remember I, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I, I also had a guy who was kneeling down and trying to take a photo. And I was wondering, and I, I see this photographer once in a while, and he was kneeling down trying to take a photo. And I was wondering, why is he kneeling down? Later on in the evening, I saw the photo of my thigh. Okay, so, you know what? Underneath this clothing, there is a body. All right? And it's my body. All right. And I saw even recently somebody was trying to say, you know, I'm comfortable in whatever I wore. I, I don't remember which actress was in a very sheer outfit and she was being attacked on social media. The thing is, we started off walking naked as Africans. 
And in certain parts of Kenya, a woman still walks naked and she's not sexualized. The problem is we have sexualized the human body, whether male or female. So when you see a bit of muscle, okay, you think sex. When you see a bit of breast or thigh, you see think sex. The thing is, we have to stop objectifying a woman, all right, and respecting a woman. So for me, you know, somebody says, oh, I raped her. Look at the way she was dressed. Yeah, okay? that's that's you know, it, it doesn't disturbing. matter. Even even if she was walking naked, doesn't mean you have to rape her. There's something wrong with you if you see a naked person. That means tomorrow your daughter will be running around the house naked because she's 10 years old and you're having sex in your mind. Yeah. So we have to try and tame our minds. But unfortunately, social media has put so much out there. The gaming games that people play today have got so much sex. We're in the sexual revolution. So we're going to have to go over that and then hopefully get into the spiritual realm where we realize that we are all spiritual uh, uh, beings. Human beings having a spiritual experience or spiritual souls having a human experience. So at the end of the day, let's not sexualize. And then Curb your mind because your thoughts are the thing that can lead you to be good or bad. 100%. You know, to do good or to do bad. To see somebody and think sex or to see somebody and just see a beautiful woman. And appreciate it. And yeah. appreciate it, yeah. Sure. All right. That's uh, Esther Pissaris, Honorable Esther Pissaris in studio with us this morning. Yunia is giving you a round of applause. I'm also giving you a round of applause. A big shout out to uh, Edwin Safuna. Uh, I'm told a big listener of the show. So we have to uh, shout out uh, Edwin. Uh, and of course, we'll get you into studio at some time soon. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. And uh, we shall see you uh, if not on social media, then in the newspapers. But we know we'll see you. Capital FM.